Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to episode number 79 of the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. I'm your host and your guide on this adventure into parenting through the arts, and I am so glad to have you on the podcast today. Today, you are in for a treat. Our guest is Alicia Jonas, and Alicia is a friend of mine that we and we got to reconnect and really sit and chat recently, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show with us today. She is in her 12th season as a studio owner. She is the mom of three little boys and is the founder of the Confident Dance Studio, where she helps heart-centered studio owners implement systems and strategies to create soul-gratifying, profitable studios. Welcome to the podcast, Alicia. Thanks, Young. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, I want to go back to the very beginning. I want to know how you got started into dance and how you started your studio. Well, dance, I can't take credit for, obviously. That was uh, my parents' choice. So, you know, three-year-old little girl, typical activity would be taking them to dance class. I think that I probably was going because a friend of my mom's had her little girl going and so we would carpool and um that's basically it i don't think that i was dancing around the house i don't think that i i don't remember ever asking to join dance class um <laughs> but obviously i once i was in it i enjoyed it i stuck all the way through it um there were a few times there where I almost became an athlete. I played basketball and volleyball, and I was, I was very, very involved in sports, and I almost um, put dance aside and became an athlete, um, but my heart pulled me back, and I'm so glad that it did, and took me through college. as a, a, I got my dance degree and a business degree, and um, still didn't want to stop, so then I became a dancer, and... Um, I basically, you know, just, just how life happens. I got the call one day, um, from someone who I was familiar with, who was, who was possibly looking to, to kind of transition her way out of her studio at the time. And it was a very reputable studio. It was very in line with what I was interested in. I had been teaching, but I hadn't really decided, oh, I want to be a studio owner. I just kind of was, you know, young and dancing and teaching and just kind of living the, um, the life, I guess you would say, you know, making a kind of a very, very modest wage. Um, and I thought, you know, this, I thought long and hard. And at that time I, I was married and um, my husband and I had lots and lots of late night discussions of, of how are we going to do this? What's this going to mean for our life? What's this going to mean for our um, future? And is this, is this something that a risk that we are, we are willing to take? And, um, 
And really, ultimately, it just, I just could not say no. I knew that this studio was something that I was supposed to be a part of. And um, the, the woman that was selling the studio at the time uh, was, was a great mentor, was a great businesswoman. And she, um, I, I was very grateful for her for being willing to stick around for a couple years and kind of guide me through all the learning curves. So I am grateful for that, that I didn't have to start from scratch, that I did have someone to mentor me through that transition time. Um, because who knows what would have happened if I had just decided to go out on my own and start from scratch. I don't know if I would be here where I am today, but, um, so yeah, basically, you know, the rest is history. Um, she, she, you know, mentored me through the first few years and, and, um, we kept the same vision, kept the same culture, everything that she had established that built, that she built that was very great. Um, we kept, we added some more tech things, some more automation, some more, um, you know, now we have online registration, which is not, was not really a thing back then. So we added some great things and, and kept the great things that she already had established and, um, have just built it from there. And it's just been, it's been thrilling. I've, I've loved every minute of it. Fantastic. I love that there was this transition time to allow you to really sort of come into your own as a studio owner. I know many of us probably wish we had that as well, but I yeah. love that you were able to, you know, take someone else's, what they had created and now make it your own and really expand upon the vision, expand upon the programs. Such good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, and she still continues to mentor me. Um, I, I do, call her every once in a while when I'm like, you know what, I just want to run this idea by you. What do you think of this? And she, so I have been very, very grateful to her and for her help. And um, yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky because you, you don't think when you are taking over a studio about all the different facets, like when you go from employee to employer, there's a lot to learn, you know, just think about the taxes and the payroll and um, scheduling and just the the personalities that you're dealing with between the parents and the students and the employees, you know, when you're an employee just kind of clocking in, clocking out, that's kind of the stuff that you don't really, um, don't really think about. And so it was very helpful. Yes, it was a great, it was a great thing. And I'm very lucky that I got that, that help. So how did your training as a dancer prepare you to be a studio owner? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say that there are some things that dancing does prepare you for as far as, you know, working for a common goal, working as a team, um, communicating, um, persistence, perseverance, um, you know, setting your mind to something that's all relevant. Um, as far as dance skills, you know, obviously I chime in with my feedback on classes and stuff, but primarily my role is, is the communicator and the setting up the big vision and um, and kind of delegating. And so I guess as a choreographer, you're kind of delegating to your dancers what you want them to do and what roles they're going to play in your piece. Um, but I, I would say that that dance is, a, is an excellent preparation for running a studio, but you just need some extra fine tuning as far as the business side of things too. Yes, and thankfully, you and I have a shared mentor, and she's definitely yeah. preparing and equipping us to be able to run our businesses like businesses and not as a hobby. Because I know right. for parents listening to, well, when I was growing up, 
you know, I didn't have the notion that I was going to be a dancer. I actually didn't come to dance officially till I was 18 and then had some amazing experiences. So I came to dance much later and had a different vision of what dance looked like. But when I was going to school, you know, I had a plan and dancing was not the plan. And it seemed at the time it was very whimsical. Like it could never be a career. It could never be something that actually paid the bills. And so now to be on the other side of that as a business owner, it's fascinating because like you said, the perseverance in particular that you're learning in the dance classroom goes be outside of the classroom into life and helps us to be able to be a better communicator with those people that we're now leading and to really stick through it, even through the tough times. Not everything in life is smooth sailing and as a dancer, sometimes there are things that we struggle with, but we have to keep pushing through past the fear, past the, past the frustration and get to the other side because that's really where the growth happens. So parents, as you're getting ready to embark on the new school year, dance is certainly something you wanna consider or the arts in general because there are so many great life lessons that your kids can take into the school classroom and take into their lives and that they're going to use for their lifetime. So definitely be thinking about that. Exactly, exactly. And that's something that we are always trying to instill in our students. You know, me and my teachers, we're always trying to say, you know, we can't, and this is, this is valid as they go through life, no matter what career they, they go into and, and going through college is, you can't just give up when it gets hard. You know, you, you have to, to build that muscle to, to endure hard things and to deal with hard, challenging times, whether it's, you know, holding your leg up, <laughs> up higher than your head or holding a push up or, or, you know, studying for a test or, or working with a tutor to try to, um, you know, improve that subject that's been so challenging for you so that you can get a great test score and, and, improve your chances of getting into that college that you're dreaming about and or getting that job that you want so I think that that whatever sport whether it's dance or the arts or or whatever soccer you know there's lessons to be learned through activity about you know sticking with it not giving up when things get hard and that those lessons do carry into into life uh, life skills and into adulthood for sure absolutely the parallels are pretty incredible and I don't know about in your area, but the trend in my area is that there's a lot of activities for kids these days, but they're pretty short, you know, six weeks of soccer, eight weeks of baseball. And I think that's great for kids to be able to try things out, but there's something magical that I think happens when they commit to something for the long term. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts about short-term activities versus something long-term where at the end they're able to do these amazing things? Well, I definitely think that short-term activities are beneficial, you know, helping children find where their interests lie. And I know that that schedules are crazy with siblings and parents. And so sometimes a short-term activity is is all that's going to fit, you know, six weeks of swim class or six weeks of gymnastics or whatever. I definitely think that they definitely have their place. But what is missing in the short sessions that I have found is that there's the, the relationship, mm-hmm. the building of friendships and the support that comes from working with a team over 
a period of months or years. You know, like right now we have some teen students who have been dancing together since they were six or seven and they are a tight knit crew. They are very supportive of one another. They don't go to school together, but they love each other. And they, there's like a sisterhood that has formed. And so they don't let each other give up on when things get hard. They are there when people have challenging moments or, um, you know, they're, they're dealing with, you know, maybe wanting to, to scale back their instruction. You know, they're there, you know, say, you're doing great. You're doing great. I know you can, you can do this. You can get to, you can reach your goals. So I think that that is one thing that's missing out on the short sessions is the, is the building of the friendships and, and the, the bonding that happens, which is another great thing about, about dance and, and the arts is just the close bond. Like I have, um, built friendships over my years of dancing that have, have gone, gone on ever since I was little. And, and I don't have friendships with like that with other people that I just, you know, played basketball with for a summer. Mm -hmm. I don't have those types of friendships, but the people that I danced with, like I'm still actually working with people that I danced with growing up. So it's, it's really incredible to, to have that sort of relationship and build that sort of relationship over time. So I would say if you're thinking about a program for your child, that's just something to consider is, is the, is friendship and, and support something that I'm, I'm looking for for my child, because I know that it's been very important to me as I've grown up into adulthood. And, um, I, I do, I do think that that is something to think about and, and very important. Absolutely. And the relationships I think in today's world are more important than ever. When kids have access to social media and outside influences, they need that support group to keep them grounded and keep them in reality and push them to be the best they can be and not aspire to be something that's unattainable. So yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Those relationships are really, really, really crucial. And, you know, sometimes parents bring their kids to lessons because they want them to get more socialization. So this is proof positive that being able to be in an activity for the long term really has benefits to the social development, the emotional development, and really the physical development of these kids that's really going to equip them to be able to face the challenges they're facing in the very fast-paced world that we have today. Exactly, exactly. I'm curious to know about how the arts develops leadership. There seems to be a bit of a trend in our schools here where the Leader in Me program is making a, you know, a huge, has been a huge influence for my kids where now they're spending each part of their day talking about each of the seven habits and really talking about growing leaders. So I'm curious to know what you think about the arts and how the arts can develop these future leaders. Well, I think when you are a leader, you have to be willing to not always do what's popular and, and to kind of have your own voice. And I think when you're in the arts and you're used to expressing yourself through the arts, that is just one way of expressing your voice. And so when someone is creating a dance or creating a painting or composing a piece of music, you know, that is their, their expression, um, you know, manifested. So I think when you are comfortable expressing yourself through the arts, you're more comfortable expressing yourself and your own opinion as a leader and, and understanding that it might not be for everybody. It might not, 
everyone might not agree with it, but it doesn't mean that it's any less valid. And in that everyone's viewpoint, you know, you appreciate everyone's viewpoint as important and relevant and, um, and instrumental in contributing to the world that we live in. I think that's, that's my, my, my viewpoint on it anyway. And that's so great. You, you said a couple of times about creating your own voice and your own being able to express yourself openly. And I think today more than ever as well, that the ability for kids to express themselves throughout the school day are pretty small. Mm -hmm. So if we, as the leaders of our dance schools can give other kids opportunities to express themselves, to step up into a role where they may not be comfortable, but we're going to push them and mentor them and get them to where we know they can be, but they may not see it in themselves yet. So I think having a place where self-expression is sacred and mm -hmm. where it is supported and everyone who is there for a common purpose is such a great place for kids to be spending time versus you know, looking at social media or texting their friends. If we can get them to put down those things and come to a place of authenticity and find value in themselves and the value they bring to the world and the value in those who surround them, I think that's how we build a, you know, a really strong generation that's going to be able to lead us to do great right. Right. And I think that, you know, there are opportunities in, in our school anyway for the, for the older students to become leaders and show that they can mentor the younger children. You know, we have a leadership program for our um, sixth graders and up, and we also are always encouraging our older students to kind of lead our younger students mm -hmm. through different events that we have and activities that we have and, and you know, maybe assist some classes or demonstrate for um, the younger kids classes. So there are opportunities for them to feel, feel valued, not just by the adults in their life, but also by the younger children too. And I think that's so valid too, to have those kids rise into the leadership positions. I know this past year, as we transitioned to a different sort of model for our business, we had a lot of classes where the ages and the levels were combined. And while on the outside, that looks almost impossible to have a ballet class with kids who've done it for a couple years versus those who've done it for a dozen years. It definitely was challenging from a teacher perspective, but I love being able to put kids together in a group where they have to work together, where they're always learning from each other. The little kids can model for the older kids, the older kids model for the younger kids. And at the end of the day, that cooperation really is such an important key where I think when we send our kids off to school, you know, all the kids in their class are the same age. They're roughly at the same level, give or take. And there, but there's just something magical about being in a group of people that are all different ages and levels because in reality, when they go out into the world, it's not going to be all the 12 year olds or all the 14 year olds hanging out together all the time. They're going to have to talk to adults. They're going to have to talk to kids. They're going to have to be, able to relate to people at different levels and different stages. So I love that you have that leadership model built into your school because I think it is really important for the parents to see that even though someone's little or they're younger, they still have lessons they can teach the rest of us. We just have to be open to being able to accept that and put our pride aside and not think that we as the older people know how to do it all. 
But I've learned so many lessons from, you know, working in a mixed group of kids and even having my own kids. I mean, they teach me something every single day. And some of those lessons are really hard. And I really have to let my ego go to the side because sometimes I want to step up and say, nope, this is how we do it. But if I always do that, and we're always doing that as parents, our kids never learn to take the lead and know that what they have to say is valuable. So I think being able to instill in our culture at the studio where the kids really get to express themselves and be authentic again, I just think there's something just so magical about that, that they may not see, like you said, in a six week term of soccer or six weeks of swimming. They'll be able to make friends, but as far as that support and that fostering of leadership and growing those leaders may not be happening in those short-term programs. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I'm curious to know, what is one tip that you can provide to parents about being able to incorporate the arts into their already busy lives? I mean, I think any little bit is going to help. So you know, even if you can't get to a performance, you know, I know that there's a big concern about, about live theater going away. So I definitely encourage going to a live show or a live performance. But if you cannot do that, I would definitely say, you know, YouTube is an amazing resource. And, um, you know, I knew I grew up in a very small town where we did not have the opportunity to go see live dance performances and live orchestra and live art shows. And, um, so, and we didn't have YouTube. So as I went to college and everyone was talking about this ballet performance or this show or this, um, you know, this opera, I would, I was like, I don't know what these are. I need to, to, to learn more. So I think YouTube would be an incredible resource to just familiarize yourself and your children with um, different dance styles, different art styles, different musical styles. And um, and then kind of go for there. If if they seem really interested in the ballet performances, you know, maybe you want to make a special trip to someplace and see a ballet performance. There's lots of student performances around too that would be a great, great introduction. You know, I know that there's like student performances of Nutcracker would be a great place to start. Um, but I, I do know it's challenging. You know, I have three children we're, we're going someplace different all the time. So, but, but I would say YouTube, 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 or, um, you know, see, see, there's lots of online resources on ways to, um, incorporate art into the day, their daily habits, whether it's, you know, painting with, with, um, chalk on the sidewalk or, um, making like bubble art, you know, there's so many resources and it all depends on your child's age and, and what their, um, attention span is, but just little bits. It doesn't need to be, you don't need to enroll in a huge program or an expensive, expensive art class, but, but just little steps, I think. And if, if they are interested in, in pursuing more after you do those, these little bits, then you can look into, making more of an investment. Um, but I, I definitely think that, that YouTube of course does not substitute for the live interaction and the live, um, experience of dance, you know, watching a, a dance on video is not the same as actually feeling the emotion and the passion and the, 
um, exhilaration of performing a dance or doing a dance. So, so that's, that's what I would say. It's just, you know, start and then, and then follow their interest. And, um, it's, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be helpful to them finding their voice. And, um, that's, that's what I would say. And that's so valid. And I think that's, it's so relevant too, because most parents, myself included, have a smartphone and we can expose our kids to the arts versus social media. You know, in the grocery store, when we're waiting in line, they can watch a ballet performance. They can see a demonstration, of, like you said, of the Nutcracker performance, or maybe there's something upcoming in the community that's being showcased online. I think that it's such a valuable tool to be able to meet our kids where they are because they're already on technology. So mm -hmm. let's find ways to communicate with them where, they, where they're at currently and use technology to help us as parents understand the arts, expose our kids to the arts, and have our kids get an appreciation of what the arts are all about. And you know, for me, I think that no matter how your kid learns, there's an art form that's going to match their learning style, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's, it's a visual art, a performing art, literary arts, culinary arts, there's something to match everybody. It's just finding and, like you said, weeding that down and giving them lots of opportunities to see things online before you maybe make an investment into the next level of their training. Mm -hmm. So as parents are getting ready to go back to school and send their kids to some activities like dance classes at your studio, what are some questions they should be thinking about or asking to make sure the company they're looking at is a good fit for them and their family? So I always, for me, it always boils down to um, trust. Yep. Do, do I trust this organization? Do I trust their philosophy? And that would be a big question that I would ask is, what is your studio philosophy? Mm -hmm. um, for instance, at my studio, we don't do competitions. That's just part of our philosophy. We don't think competition is necessarily the best thing for um, children. We like to do kind of more of a performance emphasis. And we, we always stress, you know, we want kids to be kids. We want to provide an age-appropriate atmosphere, age-appropriate um, music and movements, and um, that's kind of just our thing. That's what we're known for. And so, of course, that's going to be what I talk, talk about when I talk to parents who are looking at our studio, is I say, we provide an age-appropriate curriculum, movement, music. It's a family-friendly atmosphere. We don't put kids in um, questionable uh, poses or makeup or costumes or anything like that. That's just not our thing. That's perfectly fine for some other studios and maybe some other parents want that, but that's not, I don't feel comfortable providing that sort of atmosphere. So that's, that's what we stand for. And so I think that that is a good question, question to ask when you're researching organizations is what is your philosophy and just have them talk about it. What, what do they believe in? What is their stand on, on kids and competition and um, supporting their development into healthy young adults. And, and I think that would be my number one question. 
um, you know, there's always the questions about fees and, and time commitment and everything. And, and every studio has different opinions on how much time is required to develop that child into that talent, whatever their goals are. And, and so that's definitely a, a personal um, discussion for you, depending on your goals for your child, whether you want them to be more recreational or you, whether you, they, it becomes a, a passion that they want to pursue, maybe going into adulthood. But um, philosophy, number one question, philosophy, studio culture, um, that's, that would be it. I 100% agree that, that the question about culture and philosophy is often one of the last things people ask. They want to know, like you said, about the fees, and they want to know the day of the week. They want to know about the facility or the teachers. But a lot of times they're not asking about the philosophy. And like you said, it's, it's the driving force behind why a business exists. And we need to make sure as parents, we're matching ourselves up, our own philosophies up with somebody that resonates with us. And we're, so it doesn't feel like it's a struggle. It should feel very easy and it should feel very joyful. And so finding that culture and that philosophy, like Alicia said, is so important as parents. And we want to choose activities for our kids where we know they're going to be supported. We know they're going to be encouraged. And we want to make sure that what we believe in is a match for what the studio believes in. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if parents have more questions about what you do or who you serve, what you do in the world, where can they find you? Oh my goodness. Well, if you're looking for dance lessons, uh, my studio is in St. Louis and the website uh, is called, it's Arts in Motion. So it's artsinmotion-stl.com. If you're looking for studio uh, advice, if you're a studio owner or a director, you can find me at theconfidentdancestudio.com. That's my um, where I help biz business owners help their, uh, grow their studios. So those are artsinmotion-stl.com or theconfidentdancestudio.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link those up in the show notes so they can just, they're just one click away from finding you. Awesome. Well, Alicia, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story with us and sharing your valuable advice and really sharing how you've been able to take the lessons you've learned in the dance classroom and apply them into the business world. So thank My you. pleasure, Yang. Thanks for having me. It was yes, fun. And we will chat very soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids 2.0 podcast. To really accelerate your ability to unleash your child's superpowers and raise smarter kids through the arts, we're creating loads of new resources, ways to connect, and ways to celebrate your successes. You can join our free Facebook community by visiting theartsmartparent.com or just search up Raising Smart Kids 2.0 on Facebook. I look forward to seeing you inside our community.